Well, let's pray one more time, and we're going to talk about Thanksgiving. Father, we just thank you for this great opportunity to really just focus on giving you thanks, because there's no Thanksgiving without giving thanks. And we pray that that's what happens during this service, but we pray, Lord, too, that today would be a day where that gets a hold of our lives, and we become people that are full of gratitude every day because we are drowning in your blessings. <clears throat> we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, the way we're going to do this part of our service, we're going to break it up like this. Again, it's not Thanksgiving as you don't give thanks. And on this Thanksgiving weekend, we want to make sure we do that. It's going to be a little different this, uh, this Sunday. And as we've done over the years, typically we've had like an open mic time. But now we've asked people to, in advance, to give their testimonies of Thanksgiving and put them on a video where we can get... And we can kind of compact them, and, and we feel like it can really honor God even more doing it that way. So we're going to actually have several testimonies on video of giving thanks to God. And then I'm going to share from the scriptures a little bit about how, really what the power of gratitude really is in our lives. And then we're going to come back and hear some more testimonies on video, and then we're going to close in one big Thanksgiving song. Y'all game? Yeah. All right, let's start with those Thanksgiving testimonies. Let's watch these. has been so good. In the last six months, he has changed my life in ways I never thought possible. I struggled with drug and alcohol abuse um, to fill the void that I felt since childhood. But when I fully surrendered my life to God, he broke those chains and he's made me whole and complete. Something that I've never really felt before was love, love from people. Um, but God has shown me that I'm fully and truly loved by Him. I'm here because I want to say what God did for me. I went to the doctor. I did my regular mammogram. And the doctor said, that's no good. We need to do mammogram and sonogram. And they did. They did biopsy. The biopsy said, I have a cancer. And when I have that on my hands, I say, what can I do? I don't go to stay alone in my house. I go to my class. It was my first day to the class. And come here to the church, I receive my class. And I say to the teacher, please, please pray for me. And they pray for me. After that, I receive peace. I remember that day I feel right now how I feel how I feel that day and I say oh God thank you thanks God because I don't have cancer and when I I went to the doctor and the surgery doctor look at the biopsia and she said no you don't have a cancer 93% thanks God my name is Jeanette Brown, and I'm from West Africa, Liberia. I had a son whose name is Steven, and he had an autistic problem. But when I had him, I didn't have no hope till when I started working with uh, James, Pastor James, and he invited me over here, over at 10, more than five times to the house of prayer. But when it was time for him to get healed, he just called me one day and said, Jeanette, you need to come. 
there is a um, healing prayer going on and I was working and I left my work and said, okay, I'm coming. And that day I got touched and I came when I brought him, he was just all over the place. Like he didn't want to sit down because he was a child and never slept. Since he had a problem from one to five, he never slept from morning to night. All he does is that jump over the place, cry, shout, do all kinds of funny things. And I lost hope, but when I brought him to the house of prayer that day, and they started praying for him, and they went and nurtured him with an oil, and I could just see my baby like holding me so tight. So I knew that God already did it for Stephen that day. And when we left from here, when we got in the car after they prayed for him, that child slept till we got home. Praise God. I would tell all my friends, family members, to always come to the house of prayer because there is a true God here. When I brought my son here, from that day, he has never been there before. Now Stephen can talk, he's in normal school, he don't point at things no more, he speak well, and my son, it's much, much better. So I praise God for the hustle prayer and thank you, God, for everything. My mom, she got blood clots, and I was really afraid because I thought, you know, she was going to leave, and I thought that I would be all alone. I mean, I have my little sister, but, you know, it's not exactly the same. And so I prayed and I asked God, I was like, please, you know, help me feel your love. And if it's your will, please heal my mom. And so during that time, yes, I still had that like fear of my mom leaving me, but at the same time, I would feel God's love and grace and peace and like pouring peace on me. And so, I don't know, maybe three weeks after she got hospitalized, he healed her and now she's, you know, completely healed from all that. And that's just a moment I will never forget that I know that God loved me and I'm just very grateful for what he did to me and to my family. This is my lovely wife, Dawn, and I'm Kurt. We uh, attended CR here at Grace Community for a couple of years. We had split up about three or four years ago because of my drinking, my alcoholism. And thankfully, my angel <laughs> sent from God saved me. And by the grace of God, here we are today. We got married last year, uh, September 9th, 2000. 19th of 2019, no, sorry. No, we're both wrong, September 29th. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> September 29th. That's terrible. <laughs> yes, September 29th. And, anyway, uh, with with everything that we learn, every every step that we take, the closer that we get to God, the more He wants to heal us and and make us more Christ-like. It's only been through Celebrate Recovery, and I I thank I thank Pre and Gil so much for the loving acceptance. Acceptance. Yeah. It's, I would recommend it to anybody, and we do. <laughs> Believe we do. me, we do. It's um, <laughs> it's the greatest program that I've ever uh, that I've ever gone through. I went through a lot of mental 
counseling, hospitals, all kinds of help out there in the world, but the one thing that was always missing was God. And once I found God in all of this, He's the one that healed me. I'm Henry Rangel, and I'm here to tell my story because it's the testimony of what the Lord Jesus has done in my life. I'm from Colombia, so a lot of, the, a lot of you can figure it out where I come from. I did belong uh, to the cartels in Colombia, and I earned the name Ambassador, the nickname Ambassador. The funny part is that today I'm safe, I'm restored, I be healed, and I never lose that nickname. I'm still an ambassador, but I'm ambassador for the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm here to glorify the name of Jesus, the one that sets me free. God is for you. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. He's always <coughs> there. Yes. And that's why I'm so grateful with what he done in my life. Amen. Amen. Well, it's great to give thanks to God. In fact, you know that the more we cultivate an attitude of gratitude, the better our life gets really in every way. And that's what I want to show you from the scriptures here in just a moment. There's a tremendous amount of power in giving thanks. Yet so many professing Christ followers, what they really struggle with really is more of the sin of ingratitude, constantly thinking about what they lack and focusing on that as opposed to focusing on how we are drowning in blessings. You know, the sin of ingratitude is a sin of always wanting more. It was a sin of Lucifer, and it was a sin of Adam and Eve. In fact, I want you to think about Lucifer a moment. Of course, Lucifer is the one who, he's the head cherubim angel who tried to take the throne of God in a rebellion. Is, this is recounted for us in Isaiah chapter 14, Ezekiel chapter 28. He's cast down to the earth and becomes Satan the devil. But I want you to think, I want to back up, I want you to think about all that Lucifer had in the midst of all he had. How could he get to that place where he's like, this is not enough. I have to have more. Let's look at all he had. Ezekiel chapter 28 and verse 12 says, Thus says the Lord God, you, and now he's talking to Lucifer, you had the seal of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering, the ruby, the topaz, and the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, and the jasper, the lapis lazuli, and the turquoise, and the emerald, and the gold. The workmanship of your settings and sockets was in you. On the day you were created, they were prepared. You were the anointed cherub who covers. He's not just one of the cherubs. He's the anointed cherub who covers, likely a reference to being the lead angel of the cherubim and probably the lead angel of all heaven. You're the anointed cherub who covers, and I placed you there. 
You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked in the midst of the stones of fire. You were blameless in your ways from the day you were created until unrighteousness was found in you. Verse 17, your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom by reason of your splendor. I cast you to the ground. So Lucifer wasn't satisfied with what he had. And think of all that he had. He wanted more. He wanted more power. He wanted more glory. He was ungrateful for what he had. What he had was not enough. He wanted more. So Lucifer was guilty of the sin of ingratitude. And he's thrown down to the earth. When he gets down to the earth, he encounters Adam and Eve. Now, he's about to tempt Adam and Eve to sin so he can usurp their authority and rule the earth. That was the whole plan. What's he going to tempt them? How's he going to tempt them to sin? Well, how about the very same sin he just committed? Let's tempt them with thinking they don't have enough. And that's what he does. Let's just think what they had, first of all. Genesis 1, verse 31. God saw all that he made, and behold, it's very good. So all that God made, this creation, is very good. Very good. Think of Adam and Eve are about to be placed in what is very good. Nothing is wrong with it in any way. Very good. Verse 16 and 17, the Lord commanded the man, saying, from any tree in the garden you may eat freely. Stop there. So now he says, now look around here. See all this? From any tree in the garden, all these trees, you can eat freely. Except for one. But from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat from it, you shall surely die. There's the test. There's the warning. So God, then he has Adam and Eve. I mean, he has Adam there with that command that he can eat freely, but not from that one tree. And then the first not good thing of the Bible is recorded in Genesis 2, 18. And that is the first not good thing in the Bible is that man is alone. In fact, the way it is in Hebrews, it starts out, saying, no, not good, that man is alone, trying to emphasize the negativity of it. Verse 18 of chapter 2, Then the Lord God said, It's not good for the man to be alone. I'll make him a helper suitable for him. So God creates Eve for Adam, and that too was very good. In fact, the first thing Adam said when he saw Eve was, Whoa, man! And that's how she came to be called woman. Okay, just seeing if you're tracking with me here. So here it is. Adam and Eve now are surrounded by all this goodness. I mean, just think of the blessing they have. And now Satan's about to tempt them to get them to sin. He's going to tempt them with the very sin that he committed, and that is the sin of ingratitude. Surrounded by everything good, and Satan basically tries to tempt them that this isn't enough for you. God is holding out on you. You should have more. Genesis chapter 3, verse 4 and 5, And the serpent said to the woman, You shall surely not die. First he contradicts the command of God. But then he says this, For God knows that in the day that you eat from it, your eyes will be opened, and you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. So Satan's telling Adam and Eve, You can have more than this. You can have more. In fact, God's holding out on you. You should have more. 
So Satan's sin becomes the first sin of all humanity, the sin of ingratitude. Adam and Eve are simply painfully ungrateful for all that God has given them. It's not enough. By the way, don't you think that ingratitude is the catalyst of all sin? Somewhere in there, there's ingratitude causes us to want something other. As Anne Voskamp says in her excellent book entitled 1,000 Gifts, and I recommend it, she says, our fall was, has always been and always will be that we aren't satisfied in God and what he gives. We hunger for something more, something other. See, the fact is, Adam and Eve did not need their eyes open. They need their eyes open to see how blessed they were. Open your eyes and see all that you've got. Don't focus on this one thing you don't. But isn't that what we tend to do? We tend to forget about all that we're blessed with and think about those that one or two things that's not quite right. Well, ingratitude is a blindness. It's a blindness to the goodness of God. And ingratitude actually brings about spiritual death for Adam and Eve and all humanity. And by the way, I still think that's true today. I think ingratitude still kills your spiritual life. But in contrast to ingratitude, gratitude brings about life. It brings about true life. It brings about full life. In fact, do you remember the story of the ten lepers? Many of us are familiar with the story. Remember, Jesus heals all ten of them. He tells them before they're healed, go show yourself to the priest. What was that for? That was in order for them, if they are healed, to be you know, officially uh, qualified by the priesthood that they could re-enter community life. And so he said, go show yourself to the priest. And as they're going, they're healed, all 10 of them. 10 out of 10 are healed, okay? But notice what happens when we get to Luke 17, verse 15 and 16. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. He was a Samaritan. And Jesus asked the question, verse 17 through 19, were not all 10 cleansed? Of course, he knows they were. Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, listen to what he says now, rise and go, your faith has made you well. So your faith has made you well. Now, the word here used is sozo, the Greek word. It means your faith has made you well. Your faith has made you whole. It's also the word for saved. It has saved you. It means kind of a true wellness, a complete wellness. Your faith, you know, has made you completely well. To live the sozo life is to live this full life, this life of wholeness and fullness. Remember, Jesus came that we might have life and have it fully. He said, I came that you might have life and have it abundantly. Jesus came that we might have this fullness of life. And I, I, like, I think we could say, Jesus came that we might have this sozo life. But when did this leper, who's now healed, when did he receive sozo? This full life, this whole life. When does he receive that? He, does, he receives that when he returns and gives thanks. That's when he receives it. See, I believe we only enter into this full life if our faith gives thanks. The fullness of the life that Jesus came to give us 
we enter into when our faith gives thanks. I mean, how else do we accept his gifts if we don't accept them with thanksgiving? How else do we accept them? Thanksgiving is the evidence of our acceptance of whatever he gives us. Thanksgiving is a manifestation of our yes to his amazing grace. In fact, Thanksgiving is inherent, I think, in to true salvation, to a true salvation experience. This Thanksgiving is necessary to live this whole and full life. Here's what it says in Psalm 50, verse 23. Listen. He who sacrifices thank offerings honors me. But notice the rest of the verse. He who sacrifices thank offerings honors me, and he prepares the way so that I may show him the salvation of God. Thanksgiving, giving thanks and everything, is what prepares the way for salvation's whole, this whole restoration that God wants us to have, the fullness of it, this full life, this abundant life. But that's something that must be learned. The Apostle Paul learned it. Here's what it says in Philippians 4, 11 and 12. He says, I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it was, it's with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. So Paul basically says, I've learned to live fully. How? He said, I learned how to be grateful and happy, whether my stomach's full or not, whether my hands are full or not. I've learned this. I learned how to be grateful with what I have. Be content with what I have and grateful for it. See, gratitude actually, I believe, and this is something I've been, I've been camping down on in my personal times with the Lord for the last about three weeks. And I just, and I just, I never saw how much power is in gratitude like I've seen it the last few weeks. And I believe that gratitude releases this full life and it releases this joy-filled life We've all experienced those times where we're like really grateful and we're saying thanks to God and all of a sudden joy kind of just rises up. I mean, it's, 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 like that, it's like we're making more room for God when we're thankful. When I give thanks for the small things in my life, I think I make a place for God to swell up in me. Now, is that biblical? Well, here's what it says in Psalm 69, verse 30. I magnify him with thanksgiving. I magnify him with thanksgiving. God just, it's just when I give thanks, he's like he swells up in me. And joy rises up in me. and begins to take more hold of my life when I'm constantly, specifically giving thanks for things. And he's done even the small things, just recounting them one after another. Did you ever wonder why the prophet Daniel was so full of God? Now, some of you who've studied Daniel would say, oh, yeah, because Daniel, he prayed three times a day. I'd say, yes, but let's read the whole verse. Daniel chapter 6, verse 10. Daniel, the prophet Daniel, prayed three times a day, just as he, as he, as he had always done, giving thanks to his God. That's what he's praying. What's he praying three times a day? He is pouring out gratitude to God. Thank you for this and thank you for that. 
probably a thousand small things he's recounting to God. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Three times a day, Daniel prayed thanksgiving for the everyday small things from his great and generous God. I believe Daniel is so full of God because Daniel is so full of thanksgiving. And in fact, I wonder, was it the power of everyday Thanksgiving prayers that Daniel prayed that actually ended up shutting the mouths of lions in the lion's den that day? I mean, how much power is released in Thanksgiving? And John, in the Gospel of John, it says, before Jesus fed the 5,000, he reached up the bread and the fishes and said, I give thanks to you. Before he raises Lazarus from the dead, he says, I pray this out loud, I give thanks to you. Then he raises him from the dead. How much power is released in Thanksgiving? I wonder, a whole lot more than any of us think. So Thanksgiving, just, it, 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 is, it is the way to the full life. It's the way to the joy-filled life, the God-filled life. In fact, it is the way to the life of peace. Let's look at a passage that many of you are familiar with, but I want you to notice something. Philippians 4, 6, and 7, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God which surpasses all comprehension. So guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. If you take thanksgiving out of this passage, it doesn't work. And there's Christians all over the earth praying this passage, this, this passage without thanksgiving and wonder why there's no peace. Because it doesn't work without thanksgiving. You can't just say, I'm going to lift everything in prayer and supplication uh, to you, God, and not do the thanks part and expect to have the peace. Living a life of constant thanksgiving is the key to joy, it's the key to peace. In fact, it's no wonder the psalmist says, when you enter his presence, make sure you enter his gates with thanksgiving. Psalm 100, enter his gates with thanksgiving. That's how we enter the presence of God, with thanksgiving. I mean, you, you don't enter God's presence with worry and frustration and complaint. You enter his presence with thanksgiving. But there's even more. So far, we see that Thanksgiving is the key to the joy-filled life, this God, magnifying God life, this peace-filled life, but there's more. Thanksgiving actually builds trust and faith. You say, how does that work? You ever wonder why it is that the Word of God is always telling the people of God to recount your past, keep remembering what God has done, remember how God came through, remember God's faithfulness, remember God's goodness, remember that protection, remember that provision. The Word of God is always talking about remember what God has done. And when we remember, we do it with thanksgiving when we remember. Well, thank you for that. Yeah, Lord, thank you for that. You did that, Lord. Thank you. And what does that do? Recounting the past with thanksgiving gives us faith for the future. It builds our trust in God. Remembering is an act of thanksgiving. It is a way in which we look back with hearts filled with thanksgiving to what he's done in our lives. In fact, gratitude is the memory of the heart. Let's look what it says in Psalm 111, verse 1 through 4. It says, praise the Lord. Listen to this. I will give thanks to the Lord with all my heart. In the company of the upright and in the assembly, great are the works of the Lord. They are studied by all who delight in them. 
Splendid and majestic is his work, and his righteousness endures forever. He has made his wonders to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and compassionate. He starts off, give thanks to the Lord with all my heart. His wonders are to be remembered. Remembering with thanks is what causes us to trust for what we're in right now. So gratitude truly is, I think, probably the foremost quality of a believing disciple precisely because gratitude is what bursts in us more and more trust in God. It's gratitude. So when we can give thanks in everything because we have this, this good God, who's, he's always good, he's always loving, he's always wise, he's always in control. So he can be trusted. And as we do this, as we give thanks for all he's done, then trust rises up in us for what we're facing now. So this, this is a simple little brief message here. I just want to give you two. Here's, I'm going to summarize the whole message in two points. Here it is. Ingratitude leads to spiritual death. It did in the beginning, and it does now. Ingratitude kills spiritual life. It does. When we are complaining and we are you know, murmuring and we are ungrateful, it is killing our spiritual life. But the opposite is true, that gratitude releases life, the full life, the joy-filled life, the peace-filled life, and the faith-filled life. So don't you want to learn to be more grateful? I do. Let's all learn it together. How about that? Let's just really be on a journey saying, I want to become a more grateful person. I'm going to pay attention to really recounting every day. I want to be more like Daniel and take those times every, throughout the day to just stop and give thanks so that I might become more and more filled with joy, peace, and faith in God. You want to hear some more Thanksgiving testimonies? All right, let's watch these. All right, so I'm thankful for my role models, the role models God has set out for me and my friends. They make me see all the little things in my life that I could improve on and each day I can just work with God and work with myself to just be able to get better. I'm just really thankful for my family and all they've sacrificed for me and all they've sacrificed just for us to be together. And I'm just really thankful for everyday life that I get to wake up and live a life for God. Hi, church family. My name's Aaron. This is my lovely wife, Mary. Hi, and we recently took Financial Peace University here at Grace. And because we, we got recently married and we didn't know what we were doing and we need to learn things. And we asked God what he would have us learn. And it was finances. And now from what the God has done through all of this, we are debt-free and um, still growing, still progressing, and have a kiddo on the way. And we won't have to deal with, with any of the things that um, debt and uh, financial instability can bring to, um, can it use to attack um, us. Yeah, no anxiety, no worry. Yeah, Just yeah. Peace, financial peace. Yeah. <laughs> so I grew up in a dysfunctional home since I was like three, I believe. Eventually, uh, after we got out of the situation, uh, my uncle took me uh, to his church and they were Christian. And so I called my mom and I was like, mom, I want to continue going to a Christian church. 
uh, and surely enough we're still going to the same church uh, till today. Um, well, at least she is, I'm here at Grace. This year my mom was saved and she got baptized along with my little brother. All that's left is my little sister and we're waiting for her to be older and for her to understand um, what that is. I'm just so thankful for who I am today rather than who I was back then. And uh, I'm thankful for God's constant reassurance and love for me and placing me in, pla in specific places that I need to be. I'm thankful that um, I'm able to get my education and that I'm surrounded with a good community uh, at the Cornerstone. For five and a half years, we struggled with infertility. We had to go through the hope and then pain of a disappointment each month. And um, after years then of prayer from family and friends, and then with medical help, in 2016, we welcomed our precious daughter Naomi into the world. And we had always known we would want more children, but weren't sure how easy it would be given that it was so difficult the first time around. And actually earlier this year, after seven failed fertility treatments, we wrote to friends and family back home saying, we have to move on, the pain is just too great each month with the disappointment. And um, many people, some of them here in Grace, uh, wrote back and said, well, I'm still praying. And so um, miraculously, the next month without medical intervention, I found out I was pregnant and I am due this Christmas Eve. And we know that not everybody's story turns out like this. There are some people who pray for things and then um, God doesn't answer the prayer the way that they're expecting, but we just um, trusted that God was going to give us the desires of our heart, whether we ended up having kids or not, and we're so grateful that He gave us two kids. Hello, uh, my name is Jeff Sikorsky. I was born on uh, February 28, 1985. Unfortunately, I was a little ahead of my time, as in uh, born premature. And um, the situation was uh, not very good. The doctor said I possibly could be vegetative. But by the power of prayer, and after spending 52 days in uh, the NICU, I went home, and I was a lot better off than they said I would be. But due to my birth, that resulted in a cerebral palsy, which I've had all my life, and it primarily affects my right side, my hand, arm, leg, and foot. And as I've gotten older, it's uh, been more hard to handle. But one day, thankfully, in uh, July of 2018, I came to church, Grace Community Church, and uh, my foot hurt so bad that I was limping. And there was a man there named Michael Hauser who asked me, you know, who I was and what was wrong. And I said, I have cerebral palsy. He said, okay, well, I'll get my friend Brian and we'll pray for you after service. And uh, they laid hands on me after service and they prayed. And uh, ever since then, I've noticed uh, significant changes in my hand, arm, leg, and foot, they're moving better and I'm functioning, it's a lot less painful. Functioning a lot more uh, normal than I ever have and that's by the power of prayer. It worked when I was born, it works after 34 years now and uh, I'm very thankful for that. You know, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever and is no respecter of persons and if you reach out, he'll be there. November is a really great time for me to take the moment to just reflect on 
who all is important to me and just how much I've been praying for them and how all those prayers have been answered. Last year this time, my son was still in the NICU. He was born at 23 weeks and we spent a total of 216 days there. He came home in February of this year on oxygen and with a surgically implanted G-button tube for feeding. And this entire year has just been amazing. We've been constantly praying and just week after week and month after month, everything has been answered. We were first praying for his lungs to get strong enough for him to eventually be off oxygen and for him to just no longer need that tube for feeding to be able to take everything by mouth. And we came home in February. Starting in March, we no longer use the G-tube anymore. We were able to have it removed in May. In June, we stopped having all oxygen during the daytime. In July, no more oxygen at night. August, we had a period of just monitoring to make sure there was no more issues with his breathing levels at night. Everything went beautiful. September completely discharged from all oxygen, and now we're back in November, and we're just focusing on his development, his gross motor skills, and he's starting to crawl, and he's starting to sit up by himself, and it's just been an entire year of prayer after prayer being answered. Praise God. Hey, let's go stand here. I'm going to ask the, uh, the worship team to come on up here. We're going to close with one big song, and as they're coming up, I just want to invite you to do something. Go ahead and just uh, close your eyes, if you would. Just close your eyes, and I just want you to just begin to think of specific things you're thankful to God for. Just begin to just whisper those things to him, just under your breath. Just begin to give him thanks, very specifically, one thing after another. Just thank him for the small things. Thank him for the big things. Let's give him thanks.
And before we uh, dismiss in prayer, I want to remind you we have Connection Coffee in this corner here if you have any questions for our staff. And also in this welcome corner here, if this is your first Sunday, I'd love to meet you before you leave. And we're going to have some people down front, some leaders. We're going to pray for you if you have a prayer request. Let's pray. Father, we just close by just saying thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. 10,000 thank yous times 10,000 thank yous. Lord, you are so good. Your loving kindness is everlasting. You are faithful and you are good and you are true and you are right. You are perfect in everything you do. We're so glad we belong to you. We pray this week, Lord, that we just find ourselves living with a constant attitude of gratitude, constantly giving you thanks, and it would become something we'd all learn more how to do, that we might live that more and more full life that you want us to have. Pray all this in Jesus' name. And everybody says, amen. 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 God bless you guys. You're dismissed. Have a great day, great week.